This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. He has worked across 45 states and in 60 countries. That is impressive. Uh, Brad is also an instructor for LinkedIn Learning with courses on customer management, strategy, and leadership. Brad, welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks so much, Nick. Really great to be. I love the podcast, so it's an honor to be with you. Thanks, man. That means a lot. So the question I ask every single guest is, what's one thing people might not know about you? All right. This may be one of the nerdiest answers you've (laughs) got so far. Uh, I've kept a journal for over 30 years. Uh, It's in my handwriting, which is legible to probably only me in the world. Um, And it's not profound, but uh, you can ask me what happened, pick a day, 22 years ago, and I can go back, if we're in my my home office where I keep these journals, in one minute flat, I can tell you what was going on that day. So it's been fun, 30 years, and and it's great for me because I can go back and see what I was you know, worried about or excited about or working on and, and it just adds a lot of context. I love that. And it's something that I'm really thinking about getting into. I've heard a lot of organizations or a lot of leaders like yourself who, who do write down their thoughts every day and it's great to process. But a question that I have for you is what have you learned? And, and, and what we can do a whole podcast on this, but what have you gone back and said, man, I, I wish I wouldn't have worried about that. Or man, I wish I had known these five things, uh, five, 10, 20, 30 years ago. That's a great question. You know, life happens every day. And I, I think like, what's the old saying, life happens while you're making other plans or you know, a bunch of take out versions of that. Um, life is happening to us every day and it might be a work day and we've got our to-do list and we're we're doing this and doing that but really enjoy it you know it's 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 every day is precious and um i i've got a little little piece i keep on my desk it's it's a proverb that's been around for thousands of years you know teach me to number my days and um make every day count mm. i love that and, and just so i'm accountable I'm going to buy a journal in the next month and start journaling. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Not just you, but everybody hears me and, and they're going to have to call me out and say, Nick, did you actually do this? So uh, it, it's on me to, to make it happen. Uh, I hope I can make it uh, 30, 30 years. That's, a yeah, that's great. great. Well, I, I, and, and as I say, it's, there's nothing profound. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll put down some thoughts that are a little deeper than, than other days, but it's really just what happened. Uh, but, but that's enough of a, uh, of a prompt that I can remember what was going on in, in most cases, even years and years ago. So that'd be my advice. Just keep it super simple. I love it. Appreciate that. So speaking of advice, you are about to release a brand new book, Leading the Customer Experience, How to Chart a Course and Deliver Outstanding Results on in the States, May 25th. Uh, first of all, congrats. That's pretty Thank awesome. Thank you very much. And, and second, who specifically is this book created for? 
Yeah, that's a great question. It, it's intended for to, to be helpful for anyone in any role. Um, if you've got an inkling of an interest in customer experience, or if a colleague happens to hand you this book someday, blessings on them for doing that. Um, it, it's for you. You know, one of the challenges with customer experience is it's too often coalesced around teams that they don't maybe build broad-based efforts. They don't they don't start out with that intention, but it, you know, their customer experience has been around for a while. So there's there's professional standards and terms and all these acronyms and principles and 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 it can become insular. It can become something that's exclusive and not inclusive to people. So we want it to be um, something that draws in everybody. So any role, any industry, you know, business to business, business to consumer, startup or global multinational, we hope it resonates with with anybody. Um, and at the end of the day, that that it's something that that makes customer experience accessible and, and exciting. Good stuff. So let's dig into it at a, at a very high level. What are some of the themes of the book? Yeah, there's 10 chapters and they're built around five major themes. So, um, and we, we wanted this to be left brain enough and you're really a guidebook that you can follow along, but we also want it to be interesting and fun. So there's lots of stories, there's lots of you know, case studies and examples, but the, the five major themes are start with establishing your approach uh, vision, where you want to go, the why, um, and then listen and respond is the second major theme. So voice to the customer, but that's become kind of a wonky experience in a lot of organizations. It, again, it's too, it's too exclusive, not inclusive enough. So, so we cover voice to the experience from a from a hopefully expansive perspective, you know, listen through all the channels, all the ways they're trying to communicate with you, include your, your employees in that effort. The third major theme then is educate and design. So you've established your approach, you've listened, now where do you want to go? You know, what, how, do, how do you get there? So um, educate and design your processes and your quality standards and other things that support your, your effort. Inspire and innovate is the next theme, and then build on the momentum. Keep it going. It's not a project. Heaven forbid, it's not a project. Um, it's a way of life. It's it's something ongoing. Yeah, I like how you just said that. It's a way of life. You don't just, I call it the easy bake oven. You can't just set it and forget it. And I think as a CX leader, you don't just send an email to the entire organization saying, hey, I just want to reply to everybody real quick. Uh, we're doing CX today, and we're going to be doing it from here on out. You know, it, it's that seismic shift, right? It's for every organization to focus on CX. So where do you recommend maybe my listeners to get started? I'm laughing because I've, I've seen some organizations send that email. All right, everybody, here it is. We're going big. Doesn't, doesn't work. Um, you know, a quick story on that. I was sitting in the back of a convention center um, a while back. It was before COVID tumbled the world. So it was when things were still in person. And and this organization had their their entire management team, supervisors, managers come together for a day. And they were talking about initiatives in the future. And it was a great day. They did a really good job putting it together. Um, I was a speaker that morning. And they were like, hey, why don't you stick around and, and listen to other sessions, and it was a lot of fun. Um, one of the sessions near the end of the day was on their customer experience initiative. 
and two people put a ton of work into this. It was like, a, I think it was 75 minutes and I don't know, they had 30 or 40 slides and terms like NPS and CES and um, all, all these different principles they, they went over and metrics and there were graphs and all these things. And they did, a, they did a really good job of putting together a lot of information. But it was right before coffee break. We took a break. So I'm near the back of the room, sitting in one of the back rows. I'm one of the first out to the to the coffee station, and I hear two people behind me talking, and one's you know leaning over to the other. Did you get all of that? And the other person said, "Not really. I, I just hope it doesn't add a lot of time because we are swamped right now." And I'm thinking, "Oh no, you, you know this that came across as a burden, not something exciting, not something that pulled them in. That's that's not where you want to start, right?" So, so I feel we've got to start with vision and we hear that a lot. And I, I think in days gone by, I, I probably didn't give vision as much attention as I could have or should have. Not, not that it wasn't important. I've always known it's important. It certainly has been in the organizations I've, I've had the opportunity to lead, but um, I probably gave it pretty quick service. Yeah, yeah, vision, that's good. Got it, check. Um, it's really important. I mean, you, you don't hear Elon Musk talking about customer effort score. It's very important to him, but he doesn't, he's not, that's, that's not his pitch. You don't hear Richard Branson launching companies around, well, we're going to reel in the net promoter score. <laughs> you never heard Mother Teresa talk about customer satisfaction, but it's certainly important. So vision, we've got to have vision, something that exciting that pulls people in. And, and it can be simple. It, um, you, the government of Australia right now has a vision, make, make government services simple so people can get on with their lives. That's their vision. Love it. Um, REI, I use that, them as an example a lot. We inspire, educate, and outfit for a lifetime of outdoor adventure and stewardship. Boom. You know, terrific. I, I can be working in a store, I can be in one of their contact centers, I can be in marketing or some other area. And, and uh, I know what we're about. Um, and, and that pulls me in. So start with vision. I, I hear that a lot is people talk about have this big event, and it could be a 75 minute presentation with slide decks that look amazing and put a ton of detail. And is that situation where that next person says, man, I can't wait till this fad is over with because I don't have time for it. It's, it is that burden that they feel. And if they don't, they don't know what that vision is or, or their personal why, let alone their professional or the corporate why, they're not going to get bought in. And so it is that constant vision of making it crystal clear for that employee because the employee experience equals customer experience, right? Absolutely. And there used to be a debate about that. You know, what comes first? Do, do happy customers help um, inspire our employees? And that all sounds hopefully pretty ridiculous now. We, we've all had, your, your listeners have firsthand experience in this. Um, the research is certainly clear on this, that customer experience is is the the basis, the foundation of excuse me, employee experience is the foundation of customer experience. It's got to start there. Yeah, I would 100% agree. So with all of the data out there today showing the improvement of what customer experience and or employee experience does, why don't some of these leaders jump in headfirst into customer experience? 
Really good question. Um, I think customer experience has been a victim of its own success in the sense that it's been out there for a while and a lot of organizations think they're doing it. And you, you hear you hear some pushback and different you know research results that oh it's failing in a lot of cases. I saw a number recently: ninety three percent of customer experience initiatives fail. Ninety three percent, my goodness! You, you often hear seventy percent, mm-hmm. like more than half are are failing, and that to me just seems ridiculous. If if customer experience doesn't doesn't work if it fails what do you do not do customer experience mm-hmm. you know, that's not an answer we we have to get this right it's our future so i think a lot of leaders don't jump in because my goodness um <laughs> am i going to risk my credibility on this um or maybe i don't have the authority it's it's the whole shooting match it's it's big it's you know every everything a customer prospect experiences it's products services you know marketing perception all the social banter out there. So maybe I'm not in charge of all that. Or if I am, I'm CEO or a CFO or C, you know, chief customer officer, um, we still may have other priorities that let's, let's hang our hat on some other things that we're doing right now. My encouragement, we address this in the book, is don't let any of those things get in, in your way. You know, jump in, be the spark that, that gets things moving in the right direction because it is our future and you can build a, you know, selfishly, you can build an incredible legacy by, by helping um, get things moving in the right direction. But beyond, beyond you, beyond me, beyond those of us that are involved in this, um, we're making a difference. And it's that, that intrinsic motivation that that's a pretty cool when, when you jump in and get things moving. Yeah. When it comes to building that spark, sometimes it's difficult to do it on your own. You're pushing that rock uphill, waiting for that momentum to hit once you hit the top to go come all the way back down. So why is it important for organizations to maybe build a, a core leadership team around customer experience? Is that is that something that is the right thing to do or is there another option? Yeah, we, you know, customer experience is, is everything. It's products, services, promises. It's what a neighbor mentions across the fence to a prospect. So, so it involves the entire organization. Uh, so we have to, we, we need a team to, to manage this. We need a team to pull people in. The problem that sometimes happens, too often happens, is that the team becomes, you know, another silo or another project unto itself. And, and so the team's got to have a very clear focus on facilitating and enabling broad participation, not becoming a, 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 a silo in and of itself. But, but a team is important. You know, we need, we need the right. And that's one of the things, you know, this is chapter one stuff. Build allies, build advocates, get that, get that team in place. And you can be in a department or you can be a supervisor of a team and you can start right where you are. Yeah, yeah, ideally customer experience is supported from the top, it's organization wide, but we've seen sparks happen in very specific areas of organizations that then 
um, really lead into a, a more broad-based effort. They inspire something great and you can trace it back to where it started. In some cases, it was a supervisor of a team saying, wow, we can do better. You know, we can, we can really create something special here. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. So during that transformation, during that spark, because if you just have a spark and you're saying, hey, let's do something, or you're creating a team and it's maybe not the right team, or maybe it's, there's not the right plan or vision moving forward, um, that's in and of itself is, is complicated and, and frustrating. But I say everything is going well, but as a, as a customer experience leader, how important is that? effective communication on that journey yeah communication is so critical and i've it's it's kind of like vision i've come to realize it's it's as important and more as i ever realized i mean this has been a 30-year journey for me and some of these things i kind of feel like i'm starting to get a little bit and next week i'll realize i didn't quite have it just yet but but communicate we, we talk about communication and 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 we look at you know what's being communicated what are what are the messages who are they going to all that's great but a quick story um one of my neighbors uh, josh lewin uh, is a sports announcer a friend and neighbor um and josh is a great announcer i mean he can take even a boring game <laughs> or a lopsided game and make it super interesting you know the personal stories and the statistics and the journey a, an up-and-coming team is on even though they're getting absolutely walloped right now um, <laughs> and it's fun it's engaging and and when the sports world and so he, he's an announcer for the boston red sox and and the ucla bruins and he's got this incredible resume of teams he's worked with at the pro and collegiate levels over his career and when COVID shut things down last year. Um, Josh and his, you know, peers in in the announcing space are like, how do we keep our skills sharp? There's nothing to announce. And so they came up with this friendly competition where they would announce the mundane. And then they, they'd create videos and they'd post these videos on Twitter and, and they're hilarious. You know, someone crossing the street, a pedestrian crossing the street, someone would announce they're looking left, they're looking right. <laughs> 
So Josh announced um, making lunch one day as a frozen taquito he put in his microwave. And uh, he, he has this on video. And the LA Times actually picked up on it. So you can Google Josh Lewin uh, and you'll see this LA Times story about these announcers doing these little friendly competitions. But he's announcing this taquito. I'm cooking in this microwave, 14 seconds, 13, 12, the <laughs> wife, the dog, we're coming down to, and it's so engaging. And I'm thinking, if, if Josh and his colleagues can do that, yeah. can you and I, with customer experience data and our reports and, and all the things we're trying to communicate, here's what's, can we make it a little more interesting? You know, you bet. I'm no Josh Lewin. But I can tell a good story if, if you pin me down, and you can, and so can any of us. When we were seven and eight years old, coming back from summer, uh, we, we'd, we'd wide-eyed. We'd tell stories about our adventures over the summer. we got to get back to our DNA. We're, we're all good at this. And, and bring those reports to life. Don't let them fall on ears that just aren't listening or, or in tune because their reports, they're, they're boring. They're, they're, there's too many of them. There's too much we're trying to say. We, we just don't make it fun. So bring it to, we, have, we actually have a whole chapter on telling stories, chapter five, bring customer experience to life. Yeah. I, I go back as, as a listener of this podcast, go back and listen to that Go, go and buy that book and listen to chapter five because the storytelling is key to anything, but it's crucial in customer experience. So with the, the next question I have is there's a lot of metrics out there. We talked about the, the CSAT, the NPS, the customer effort, the fill in the blank, right? The next three, three acronym, three, three letter acronyms that, that's going to come up in the next five years. But how do my listeners know what KPI to do at the right time, or what? What do you recommend, or how do how should they get started? Boy, I am I am so passionate about this topic specifically, um, and 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 at the risk of um, being a little um, different than what we normally hear around metrics, I, I just I think we're getting it all wrong. There's all this debate and discussion around the high level KPIs, you know, net promoter score and customer effort score and CSAT and, and what's better and what's the advantages and pros and cons of this and that. Um, and we actually, we cover those in the book, but their results, um, what are the things we're doing to create those results? That's where our met but that's where our attention really needs to happen. And that's where the metrics really need to, to, to come to life. And yeah, have a net promoter score, customer effort score, whatever makes sense for you. But it's the metrics that are one layer below that. That's where we've got to give the attention. And that's where we either have too many or they're not you know, they're, they're, they're not reported in a way that, you know, makes sense or they're, there's just, you know, too little interpretation of what they, what they really mean. Uh, but there are a handful of, of, of metrics at that level that really stand out. And I'm thinking things uh, like quality, um, metrics around quality and su supply and demand, employee experience, customer experience, innovation. We need a metric on innovation. Are we moving forward strongly into the future as things change? So let's give attention to those would be my, my encouragement and let the highest level metric that we may have established take care of itself. 
Love that. We, we kind of talked at the very beginning about the person in the coffee line saying, oh, man, I'm, I'm burdened by this. We talked about the importance of employee experience with employee experiencing equaling customer experience. But do the do the employees need to be measured on customer experience? To, and it's not necessarily buy in. It's not necessarily vision. It's not your personal or professional or corporate why. But should they be measured on customer experience? Yeah, you know, and, and, and make sure I'm understanding the, the question right, because I think there are a couple of answers to that. One is we, we definitely need to measure, we, we need to have a metric on their level of engagement. You know, are they with us? Is, is our vision and our purpose and our values resonating with them? So we need, we need that measure of, of customer engagement, but we also need to measure what we're all doing to contribute to customer experience. And that's anybody, you know, you can be in the loading dock, you can be CEO, you can be in a front, a front office or customer facing position of some sort. Um, we all need quality standards that guide what we're doing. We've got to have metrics around that. Not talking about control and the wrong kind of metrics and, you know, things that don't make sense. And there's plenty of that, but some basic quality standards and principles that are inspiring and that tell me, yeah, this is what doing a great job looks like as we're building customer experience. We all need that. Yeah. Cause everybody as an employee, is potentially talked to about the customer experience, maybe at onboarding. But sometimes if you're not measuring it or you're not constantly bringing it in and having a, a vivid description or persona or storytelling or voice of the customer, that goes back to that frontline. If we're in the call center, that frontline employee. So they're, they're listening to all the pain points because nobody calls into the call center happy. Everybody's usually fired up and has a, a complaint or, Hey, I've been waiting in line and, and I'm stuck or I was trying to do self-service and now I'm transitioned to this person. They're asking for my mom's maiden name and the last the street I grew up on and my last four my social and I don't feel known and valued, right? So I, how do I portray the good news back to the employees but also show that they're constantly engaged? And so I love the, the engagement of the, of the individual side or individual departments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we've, we've all got to know our purpose and how valuable our work is, you know, that using a, a, a contact center as an example. Um, you're right. It's hard work and it's interaction after interaction. They're not calling to give us kudos. Usually there's something that, you know, they need help with or something that didn't go quite right. Uh, but that then that becomes the, the the input that we can use to improve customer experience you know what happened with the product what happened with some policy that wasn't clear what promise didn't we quite live up to you know where can we innovate um we're, we're hearing that every day so when i if i'm if i'm one of your employees in the contact center and i know where you look you're helping a lot of people and that's terrific but beyond that you're helping us have eyes and ears on our organization and where we're going with things that's that's fun and circle back and give me specific examples of that um, on an ongoing basis so i i know i my work matters yeah and then even close the loop for that employee so the and the employee gives them the opportunity to improve because the customer gave them the opportunity to prove every time that somebody gives you bad news do something with it either take a note or improve it and send it to that leadership 
but then come full circle and either give that feedback back to that customer and say, hey, just want to let you know this is what we did. Or, hey, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Employee in, on the front line, here's, how, here's the difference that you made on making that impact or explaining the, the, the frustration that you feel or the frustration that a customer feels along that journey. Because if you don't give that full feedback loop and you're constantly, they're pushing up or pushing over, they're going to slowly start to stop to do that, start to stop to do that. That was uh, that was a mouthful. Yeah, so I'm not I got it. Uh, <laughs> it's such an important point. You're exactly right. And, that, and, and too many organizations miss that opportunity, you know, and it's a shame to do all the steps before that really capture that insight from your employees and 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 share it with cross-functional areas, the other functional areas across the organization and act on it and then not go that final step and like, here's what we did with it. Thank you. And and create that inspiration to um to keep that that whole cycle going, going from strength to strength. So you're making a really good point. Yeah. So with the book, Leading Customer Experience, does it matter on the level of the, the journey, like where they're at in that journey? If, if somebody is more mature or they're trying to focus on something specific or do they start at the very beginning or are they or should they, depending on that size or level or maturity, should they open it to chapter five because chapter five focuses on something that is maybe pertaining to them? That's a really great question. We we hope you can jump in anywhere. Well, what what I hope is that you read it front to back, and it's just the best thing you've read forever. And wow, you just devour every page. Um, <laughs> realistically, you could jump in anywhere, and it's it's structured hopefully that way. So um, it's 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 laid out in a, a logical flow where if if you've got vision down, chapter one, you've got your team structured. Chapter two is is employee experience is the foundation, and that's maybe in order. And then chapter three, voice of the customer. Now we're not listening through all the channels that we could. We're not really using it. So you can jump into chapter three or chapter chapter five on on storytelling, bringing your metrics to life. So yeah, I I, I think you could jump in anywhere, and, that, and that's that's our hope. Um, it's it's probably realistically not the kind of thing you. It's not a it's not a not a fiction novel. You read front to back. You we we hope you use it that way and uh, maybe keep it on the shelf and pull it down and and use it um, in different parts of your journey. Yeah, I would say that if if I had a fire in a specific reason, if it's uh, creating a vision or if it's storytelling or if it's something else, and I see it inside your book, I'm probably going to jump to chapter seven or chapter five if I need to figure out storytelling. But then I would go back and start at chapter one or the intro and, and go through the rest of the process. But uh, I, I typically, if I see a book that intrigues me and I have a fire that I want to solve, that's uh, it, maybe the reason why I bought the book, I would go to that one first and then, and then start. But highly recommend reading through the, <clears throat> excuse me, reading through the entire book, but maybe go to the first chapter that, that is your biggest pain today. I think that's good advice. And I do the same thing. I'll, I'll jump in and get glean something that I know I need. And if, and if that section earns some credibility, yeah. then yeah, maybe I'll give it, give it more time. And, and that's certainly our hope. You know, we, we want it to be, it's, it's an honor to have anyone take the time to, um, you know, get in front of a book and, and spend their time and their focus that way, because we've all got a million things 
pulling at us. So it's just a privilege and honor to have someone open any page and, and, and then you want to earn their trust and, and be a partner um, in, in what they're doing, hopefully in a very helpful way. Yeah, Brad. So I, I wrap up every podcast with, with two questions. And the first question is, is what book or person has influenced you the most in the last year? So put parameters around it, no pressure. And then the second one is if you could leave a note to all the customer service professionals, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m. What would it say? Those are great questions. Well, the book is dedicated to my mom, Annie Cleveland, and she hasn't written a book on customer experience or done speeches on it or anything like, like that. She's not in our, our world, right? Your world, my world. She's a customer, but um, she's the nicest person ever. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little biased, mind you. She's the best mother ever, uh, but I can see her work through processes sometimes and she'll you know she'll she'll encounter menus or she'll she'll read terms and conditions or glance through policies and um and she'll she'll give it a go and she'll do her best and and i've used her as a persona in consulting assignments for years and years um now here here's here's annie cleveland if she were one of your customers how would this process come across would it work for her um and lo and behold gene bliss who's who's been a terrific influence in in the customer experience space uh, wrote a, a book some years back would you do that to your mother yep. and uh, real real fun read and and a great book and and gene actually wrote one of the endorsements for this book and I mentioned that to her, you know, you put words to something I've been doing for years. That was, that was brilliant. Uh, but Annie Cleveland, she'd be my, she'd be my person. Um, and, and she's been an inspiration to me in so many ways, but in this way, very specifically picturing her as, as a customer. Um, and Lee, let's see the, the, um, the, the other question note that I would leave, um, you know, I'd say, thank you. Thank you for all the hard work and the important work that you do. It's really interesting. And a lot of people that I've interviewed to date, a lot of them say thank you because I, I believe that maybe they don't hear it enough as a customer service representative. They don't hear the thank you. They just hear, how can you solve my problem today in the least amount of effort? So I think it's so simple, but it's something that, the, the the people in customer service need to hear because sometimes it's a thankless job. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my advice would be, if you're in a place where you can say thank you, be specific with it. You know, I'll hear sometimes leadership teams say, thank you, thanks for the work you guys are doing, and that's good. But even better is, you know, when when uh, when we had this system issue and you guys stepped in and you you worked countless hours to get this done for us um that helped get us through a, a tricky time thank you you know be being as specific with individuals and with teams as possible yeah that's good stuff so brad what's the best way for my listener to get a hold of you yeah um brad at bradcleveland.com is email um website is bradcleveland.com and my phone number and everything else is listed there so yeah. would welcome you know welcome anybody to to reach out and say hi that's great and then just one more time uh the book is called leading the customer experience how to chart a course and deliver outstanding results it is out on may 25 my guess is you probably pre-order that before then so get on 
wherever books are sold and buy that book, leave that fella a review. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to to the success you're going to continue to have and uh, the, the five stars that everybody's going to put on that book because it's an outstanding book and I recommend everybody listen. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. And, and thanks for the work you're doing. Again, it's just such a privilege to be able to jump on here. And I, I love the podcast. It's something I intentionally um, carve out time for because I get so much from every one of them. So thank you. Thank you, Brad. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to pressonefornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.